Well, you know, Steve just started with Galatians 3.14 that Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of God would come upon us. That is kind of a very succinct, um, very enriched, uh, there's a lot of, of, of reality concentrated into that verse. In fact, let's look at Galatians 3.14 just for a moment so we get some clarity about the contrast of the fall of man and then the resurrection victory we have. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, I've heard it uh, itemized as poverty, sickness, and death, spiritual death. Uh, For it is written, and boy, thank God it it is written. It goes with the word, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now that is uh, acknowledgement that Jesus died on what? He died on a cross. In order that in Christ Jesus, notice this, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Um, you know, next week we're going to have guests from Sheremeth uh, Congregation, Reformed Jewish Congregation. And, um, you know, in, in John 4, it says salvation is of the Jews. It comes through the Jews. Every letter written in this book was written by Jewish people. Uh, Jesus is Jewish. He's the Messiah. And we, uh, non-Jews, um, uh, are grafted in. And we, we branches must never forget where we've come from. So the, I think they realize we love them, uh, and that's why for the last 12 or so years they've brought their, um, their graduates from their, their uh, co- uh, confirmation class, their teenagers and the parents, and the rabbi comes, and um, it's, it's going to be a really great moment. And, and Abraham, uh, you know, he's the father of the faith, and including those... Uh, in the Gospels, the power of God to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew. So uh, salvation is, uh, you know, he, it, it's from him and it comes through him. But that concentrated verse uh, ought to stir you today. And I want to basically teach for just a moment about the contrast between the curse and the blessing. And I want to go to Proverbs chapter 10 and uh, I want to read verse 22 to you. Uh, It's really powerful. I'm going to read it in a number of translations. Um, And as you get there, though, I want to to just, I'll read this to you in in Genesis 3. Um, After the fall of man, when Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled, and God cursed the serpent, um, he also said that, uh, cursed is the ground because of you in toil. Everybody say toil. You will eat of it. All the days of your life, thorns and thistles will grow, um, and you know by the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground. Um, <clears throat> work is good, productivity, creativity, achievement is good, but that toil component uh, is part of the fall, and uh, it, it, it's interesting because, and we're going to go to Luke chapter four about how they toiled all night and caught nothing when they fished. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something about the contrast between the, the kind of pathetic human effort uh, under our own power, uh, separated from God in the fall, uh, and the potential for supernatural help to come 
uh, to help us gain ground at any season of our lives. And uh, I, I think this verse really is a powerful point. Proverbs 10, 22, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Though he was poor, yet through his poverty, we, he made us rich. Uh, God didn't spare his own son, but he freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? I want to tell you the greatest richness is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the pinnacle of the definition for prosperity. It's where we who were empty and dead in our trespasses and sins have been made alive. He's the fullness that fills all in all. We were a void of his spirit, and then his Holy Spirit comes not only upon us, but our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then we're called to fruitfulness. Hallelujah. That curse was broken, and we've been raised into a blessing. Come on. And that's the message of Jesus. In its totality, then, he heals our body. He touches our minds. He fills us with the Spirit. He takes us out of aimlessness and gives us his destiny and purpose. He takes us out of just randomness and chaos, and he brings us into focus on the potential to really understand what he's called us to do. And that's prosperity. Third uh, John 2 says uh, in the greeting in the letter from John, I pray above all things you will prosper and be in health, get this, even as your soul prospers. Soul prosperity is where you get your mind renewed. Soul prosperity is when the world's barraging us with all kinds of variables, a relativistic, humanistic, pluralistic, crazy, you know, idolatry kind of a component, and then we go right into this Judeo-Christian theme, his word being a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, the entrance of his word gives light. So what this tells me is, before Adam and Eve fell in the pre-fall glory of Eden, uh, the toil was not part of it. It was pure joy to name the animals. It was pure joy to be fruitful and multiply. It, had, it wasn't the sweat of their brow and this, this angst and this hardship. That came from the fall. Uh, and, and here's what the translations are. The, new, the NIV in Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Uh, so, so this is an interesting thing. The Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it is a little bit unclear. This kind of makes the, this possible. Like there, there's a way to walk in God. And um, Steve shared the testimony of the, 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 the scientist, businessman in the church that went through real uh, uh, confrontation in his, his, his job setting, you know, where there was an acquisition. So he even wondered, and his team, you know, in his, his area, wondered if they were even going to have jobs, you know. And then uh, there was, as Steve said, a conflict with another colleague and, you know, he, the guy tried to be conciliatory with it. He tried everything in his human power. It was like a toil. And then he just was like, God, I, I don't understand why the conflict, like, you know, it's, it, but I'm just going to put this in your hands and I'm going to trust you. Can you imagine that the person that was his opponent and there was hostility from voted for him and he got a bonus and an honor and a bump and an upgrade uh, it, it, it from, it, the Bible says when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's why we've got to get all the blessing blockers out of our life, get strife out and unforgiveness out and murmuring out. And boy, isn't God dealing with all of us about this? And God did something wonderful for that guy. He'll remain anonymous, but it's a beautiful testimony. 
and just how God just came in and caused him to triumph and that the curse that the enemy was trying to, to, to institute in, his, in many layers of his life taking away his peace and even threatening his job position, his finances and his, his good reputation and all those kinds of things, the Lord came in by his mercy and grace. The Lord, uh, the, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Um, he adds no grief with it, no sorrow of heart, uh, and toil adds nothing thereto. Um, it, it, it's, you know... No effort can substitute for it, it says in the New American Bible. It is the Lord's blessing that brings wealth, and no effort can substitute for it. Can I just tell you, there's something about God's inclination to bless us. I think about Pastor John and Jana. They love their two kids, and they love now their grandkids, and they're very thoughtful in, in tending to them and caring for them. And they would say, you know, they're, they're from the fallen world uh, they're redeemed, but they're, they, they're part of all the rest of us, that original disruption in the garden that brought the curse, and yet they know how to give what is good to their children. How much more? Well, your heavenly father, he never got detached. He never did eat the fruit. He never did disobey himself. He's the Lord. He cannot lie. When we're faithless, he remains faithful. For To deny himself, he is unable. So he is intact, solid, pure, original, ongoing, faithful, and, and he's the reliable one. That's why today, church, we're going back to a God who's undiminished. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, will not be consumed. That's a reference to Jewish people, by the way. He makes an everlasting covenant. Some people in the church have replacement theology, and they've written off the Jews. I don't think so. God has great plans for the Jewish people. He has great plans for the nations, the non-Jewish people. Whatever it is, you know, it, it, it's, it's God calling the human race to himself. And himself is wonderful. And he said, the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. And please help me to understand and, and, or, or, or help yourself to understand. I'm not talking about some superficial uh, what can I get out of this for my selfish needs? I'm not, I'm not preaching toward our selfishness. I'm preaching toward God's goodness and his inclination to bless us. And we gotta, he'll help us with our motives and our attitudes. And I certainly hope your motive and attitude is, God, the best prosperity of my life would be you. And to have a relationship and a constant fellowship with you. And unfiltered where I turn my radio off in the car and I just have tears of gratitude. And I'm just grateful. And you, you deliver me out of the plague. You deliver me out of the pit. You're so faithful. You're with me in high times and hard times. You were with me when my heart was cold and distant. You are with me when I'm on fire and have passion for you. In fact, the fire and the passion comes from you, and your mercy comes in, and it's so good. Hallelujah. So uh, I want to go to Luke chapter 5 because I see such an example of disciples, humans toiling and not getting results, but then Jesus coming in with his ideas and causing a breakthrough. And I want you to look at chapter 5 of Luke, and we'll look at verse 1 through 9. We'll skip to verse 11, and uh, we'll call it a day. But this is a great, great example. Additionally, I had hoped I would have time to go to the Old Testament example 
of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20. And before the day's over, I'll probably be able to bring that up in one of the services. But in this one, we'll just concentrate on the New Testament story in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Now I, it happened, now it happened, that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets, meaning they were done for the day. Washing their nets didn't mean putting them in a front loader a washer at the, at the laundromat, it meant taking sticks out and repairing it, washing their nets meant, you know, the, you know, fixing it and where it was all tangled and all that stuff. And they were taking care of their nets and they were going to put them away and they were going to be done for the day. Um, and uh, it says that in verse three, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Peter's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. Uh, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Put out into the deep water and let out down your nets for a catch. Now this is to fishermen who had fished all night and were putting their nets away and hadn't caught anything. Simon answered him and said, Master, which is respect, that's important. We worked hard all day and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. I think verse 5 is a pivot point from, from human toil to supernatural help. And it's... And it's the, 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 the critical reaction is similar to what Mary had said when God approached her and said he, he wanted to manifest himself and have his only begotten son enter the human race through her life. She said, be it unto me according to your word. That, that is what I think the businessman had to deal with when there was an acquisition with a threat of the loss of his really amazing job. You know, he's highly educated, trained, and he's had years of experience. It's, it's not like, you know, just flipping one job after the other. He's been in it a while. He's really gifted for it. And then yet he even felt like, whoa, is this going to all disrupt and all go away? And then besides that, in addition to that, Here's a colleague that's hostile, and we're having, we're having issues at work and having misunderstandings at work. Uh, but, but yet, and God, I worked all night. I tried to figure out what to do. And even in the verbiage of the testimony that I read, it was, God, I'm just going to put this in your hands. I'm going to trust you. It wasn't like, Kesarasara, whatever will be, will be. It's, it's, he was standing on God's promises. Uh, the Lord will bless the righteous man, will surround him with favor as with a shield, Psalm 5:12. Uh, I have a shield of faith, Ephesians chapter 6, with which I extinguish all the flaming arrows of the devil. Having done all to stand, I stand, right? And I watched him through this process, not knowing he was in that process, singing praises with his hands up with his wife and his kids, worshiping God through it all, right? And so Simon is, he's not... Like, Master, you're a carpenter, and uh, I've been a professional fisherman in a long line of fishermen. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, 
uh, and I know what's up. It's not even that tone. It's, Master, we worked hard all night. We toiled, it says in the King James. We toiled all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. Say that with me. I will do as he says. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. Now I'm told as I studied this, and I've been to Galilee a few times, and um, that the nature of that lake, uh, the fishermen of this era would have known uh, the schooling patterns of the fish. And that at that time of the day when Jesus had told them to go back out in the deep, it's like the fish aren't in the deep. Uh, they tend to be in the shallows. They tend to be over, you know, by the, you know, the, the structures under, under, the, under the surface. And, and yet Peter's like, uh, I'm, I'm banking on your perceptions, Jesus. I'm banking. I'm seeing you're unlike any person we've ever seen. And it, 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 it's not even about whether you're a carpenter or not. I'm, I'm an, I, don't, I no longer know you after the flesh. That's what Paul had to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. It says, the love of Christ controls us, and henceforth we know no one according to the flesh. And we know Jesus no longer according to the flesh, even though we, he said they, the disciples did, but now we know him thus no longer. So we need to see Jesus for who he is. And when we're in a situation at work, it's like you're bigger than this situation. And we see how fallen the world is with, you know, runaway weather balloons and attitudes between the, the different viewpoints of politics and all the generational stuff, all the stuff that's been f- flaring up. It's like we lift up our eyes and we know that, that, that our redemption draws near. And God, we are, uh, we are, we're, we're going to see a great outcome. And, and in this case, this was a moment of toil, human effort, where there wasn't any result. They weren't seeing any fish come into their nets. And this would mean people wouldn't be fed, and this meant the, uh, the, the workers wouldn't be paid. So this was a really difficult situation. And yet, Proverbs 10.22, the Lord makes rich. He has no sorrow with it. And he is the Lord of the harvest, and he has strategy for our uh, role in these times, and that it's according to the proper working of each individual part that causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. Hey, Jesus preaches on this shore of Galilee to people who didn't catch any fish. He says, hey, can I use your boat? And the reason he had to is because the crowds, would, the, the King James says, were thronging him. What that means is it's so packed. I remember when the, car, the, the, uh, the Rams won the Super Bowl, and I, I went down to the, the parade uh, alone, actually. I felt led to go down there. And when I went down there, the crowds were so pressed that you, you had to be careful or you'd fall over and get stampeded when they would lunge forward. And in fact, I remember... I, I bumped a man because I, I couldn't keep my balance because the crowd was pushing. He punched me. And I, I looked over at him. I said, sir, I, I didn't. I didn't. And, he, and I looked in his eyes, and it was like uh, death and emptiness. And I, I don't know if that's why God wanted me to see the, because here was this sort of festive moment, you know, and, and I, I normally would never, I don't like crowds so much like that. And so I, and I'm not, I would just watch it from home and get a better view on my uh, HD widescreen, you know. But uh, 
I felt like I was supposed to go there. When I went there, my takeaway actually was the depravity of humanity. Because this guy looked like a gentleman. He looked like a father. You know, I didn't, you know, he didn't look particularly overly drunk. And, and, just, and I didn't like swing at him or, or say something inflammatory to him. I accidentally bumped into him. And instead of saying, whoa, he punched me. I was like, whoa, you know, that, that woke up Pastor Jeff. And, you know, it's like, and I, of course, didn't punch him back. It was like I apologized to him. But I, he just looked at me, and it was like death. It was like evil, pure evil, dressed up like a upper-middle-class nice guy, only demonic and empty dead in his trespasses and sins. Love you, man. Uh, and, and I could just look in his eyes, and it was just pure death. Wow. In that little festive moment. So that, you know, this, this helps me to navigate. You know, I'm not living in a bubble, and God didn't want me apparently to be in that bubble. You know, leading the Bible studies and printing up tracks and having the, first, you know, the starters come to our church on Friday nights and, you know, going and preaching at the, 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 the facility and talking to the coaches and all that stuff. And then he, he wanted me to see the population. And even in the midst of festivities and in the midst of a, of a, of a social high, how dead and how the result of the curse, boy, people need Jesus, you guys. People need Christians to be out of the bubble, really trained along these lines. Man, I toiled all night, like the guy at work, they did an acquisition, there's a coworker that's you know, argumentative, it doesn't seem to like me, I'm going to use my faith, and I'm going to do what he says I should do, and I am going to get my nets out, and if he tells me to put my nets in the deep, I'm going to put my nets in the deep. And I fished all night and I cleaned my nets, but you want me to get them all out? It took me two hours to clean my nets. Now you want me to unfold them and throw them back out there? And we fished all night. But because of what you said, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Right? I feel that way as a pastor. I feel that way as a husband. I feel that way as a dad. I feel that way as a Christian generally. That when Jesus says something in his word, we know that he became a curse for us. And we know blessing is available to us. This is why I preach what I preach. This is why I believe what I believe. And when I hear people say, oh, that's a health and wealth gospel. Well, it's certainly not a, a sickness and poverty gospel. Well, uh, that's a feel, are you, that's a, are you a feel-good preacher? Well, you want me to be a feel-bad preacher? There's enough feeling bad. The Holy Spirit's going to convict us. The devil's going to condemn us. I can't do the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and I, can't, and I don't want to do the devil's job of condemning. I'm not going to candy coat it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, many are the uh, 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 afflictions of the righteous. Thank you. But the Lord will deliver them out of them all. That's what I love about the, the structure of the man's testimony. It's like, man, these are the challenges that I had to deal with. And this was the stand I took on God, uh, Jesus becoming a curse for us so the blessing of God would come upon us. And I did my human toil. I put my nets out all night and I didn't catch anything. So, man, I've t and I've seen this with people with infertility. I've seen people spend $30,000, $40,000 on fertility uh, uh, efforts. And I remember people's hearts breaking. And they would go into the cycles of the month. And the devil would bear down even on their intimacy, something that's to be enjoyed and sweet and, and a unity factor. And even that was under oppression. We'd have to pray for them. And then I remember over several, several families over the years that 
that, that, and many of them experience blessing from those procedures. They're great. I think God uses doctors for sure. But uh, in many occasions, it was like they toiled and they tried to do all that and they spent all they had and everything and they were frustrated. And then, boom, they get pregnant. And then they get pregnant again. And I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. I've seen people that couldn't have babies. So they go get it and they adopt somebody. And while they adopt their little baby, all of a sudden, whoop. It's awesome. And I've seen church where we're just kind of pressing in. And it's like, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. And Jesus became a curse for me. And Jesus is everything I've got. And Jesus is the focus of my adoration. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus' name is above every name. There's salvation in no other. He's my redeemer and my redeemer lives. He didn't just die some, in some history moment to be a religious figure of another religion. He was buried, he rose again, and he's ascended, and he is coming back. And he's coming back to a white-hot, glorious church without spot or blemish, where we love each other. It's not this ethnicity division. There's not this uh, societal judgment, weird garbage. And, and we're walking with him, and we're laying aside the weights and the encumbrances and the sin that so easily besets in order that so we could run with endurance the race set before him. The symbolism of this literal happening. This is not a, this is not a, a parable here. This is a shot of history. Literally, they couldn't fit, catch fish. They went out there. They, he, did, they, he said, Lord, we've, we fished all night. We haven't caught anything, but we'll do what you told us to do. I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. That's a high-class problem. And so they signaled to their partners and other bo- the other boat for them to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. Wouldn't you love that? To, to, that's a high-class problem. I'm so blessed I just got to paddle to shore before this blessing comes upon me and overtakes me. Verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, that's what happens when the Lord really moves. You don't go, oh, yeah, I want to tell you about my prayer life. Oh, yeah, I'm really anointed. I've been walking with God for so many years, and I'm like a guru at this thing, and you're blessed to be around me. No, it's like, my Lord and my God. Like, he called Isaiah, and he says, I'm a man, of, depart from me, I'm a man of unclean lips. He calls Moses, I, I can't even speak, you know, and, and, and he calls Peter, he goes, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. That's the reaction, correct reaction of us humans when we can have an encounter with his supernatural amazingness, right? But also doing what Simon did, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. My toiled all night. We worked in our human efforts didn't work. So we're going to get in God's plan and we're going to trust for the blessing of God who makes rich. And it's not a toil-based thing. It's a thing if we'll just cooperate and yield to and walk with God, he's going to help us out. There's a supernatural component to the impartation of this blessing. There's a supernatural component to the infusion of faith that comes hearing something like what I'm preaching. For amazement had seized him. Amazement had seized him. And all his companions, because of the catch of fish, uh, which they had taken. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. The harvest is coming. And then, and, and so let's all stand up on our feet. I'm done. Hallelujah. This is good. Listen, I, whatever your net 
in the deep means do whatever the Lord says for you to do. Those of us that have managed our expectations, let's get our faith out. Let's believe God. I'm believing God for our country not to go to hell. I'm believing God that, uh, that what's trying to pervade all over the country, it gets addressed by a revival in the church and a harvest amongst the lost. And we see the decline get addressed by the love and mercy of God and salvations, salvation would come to many and hearts and families and lives would change. Whole people groups would change. Whole age brackets would change. I've seen it 50 years ago in my case in Southern California at the culture revolution of its time, the drug uh, uh, obsession, the, the, the immorality obsession, very similar parallels, seasons very much like the Roman Empire in the context of the early church, very much like Babylon in the context of Daniel. And out of weakness, they were made strong and by faith, they obtained promises, hallelujah. So I love it and I honor the family that took their stand and got a breakthrough and that amazing testimony. And uh, I, I, I'm excited about this famous story. I remember this when I was a child, hearing about put your net out and it got so filled that uh, they had to call other people to help them. Let's lift up our hands. These blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. But we let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and distraction. We do what he, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 exhorts. We lay aside all the weights, all the encumbrances, and the sin that so easily besets us. The sin of discouragement, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, greed, any other kind of bitterness, uh, anything that would grieve the spirit, anything that would quench the spirit. Make us sensitive, Lord. We, according to 1 John 1, 9, confess our sins, and you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So God, on our end, we just thank you for a clean slate as we humble ourselves before you. And God, anybody who's never surrendered their life to Jesus, today is a day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Open your heart, receive the Lord. As many as received him, to them he gives the right, the power to become the children of God transferred out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son a new creation old things pass away all things become new the lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it and lord may there be enrichment may there be fortification may there be healthy dealings of your blessing coming in and permeating this place and these people those online and god i thank you that before this day is over we are going to see massive breakthrough massive confidence built up in our hearts, massive joy levels increasing, greater levels of handling the nets and bringing in a harvest of souls. Lord, I thank you. Our nation will be reached. Our city will be reached. The world will be reached by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.